All right, everyone, how's it going? Hope you are all doing well. Welcome to the first episode of the Brawn and Brains podcast. Uh, super, super delighted to finally be getting this kind of underway. Uh, thank you for, for joining us. Obviously, it, I'm assuming at least if it's the first episode, then you're familiar with us already. But uh, I'm Kevin Gomez. I'm with my friend Ben Stanners uh, hosting, hosting this podcast. Uh, we'll kind of introduce ourselves in a little bit and kind of our backgrounds and stuff. But uh, yeah, welcome. This is just going to be a bit of a, an introduction episode with a bit of a Q&A. Give you sort of an overview of what we want to achieve and bring to you with this, with this podcast now that we're finally getting around to it. And yeah, so I think uh, just kind of going straight into it, obviously, um, you know, ben, ben and I are natural bodybuilders. Um, ben, maybe you want to kind of give a, a bit of a, an introduction into kind of, uh, you know, basics of like competing and, and education and stuff and a bit of your background. Yeah, and- yeah. Absolutely. So I have competed on the bodybuilding stage twice, so I'm still very much a rookie. Uh, despite the fact that I, yes, I am a natural bodybuilder, I have chose to compete in untested federations every time, um, simply because it, it, it sounds cocky and I have no right to say this, but because I just want a bit more of a challenge, despite the fact that no, I, I haven't won yet. So maybe I'm stepping a bit outside of my, uh, on my realm there, but yeah, I've competed twice. First time was in 2017. Uh, that was at a PCA show, and then more recently in 2020 was at the Barbarian Classic. Um, but both times, what I will say is I've loved it. Honestly, th- there is it's indescribable. And if you don't, if you don't know, you don't know. But going through a prep and stepping on stage, it's just so rewarding and almost euphoric that it's an incredible experience. You know, a lot of people look from the outside and see that suffering because there is a degree of suffering. But about more than that, it's about the rewarding, uh, the rewarding feeling and the sense of achievement when you actually do step on stage and knowing that all your hard work can now be displayed. And it's just, it, it is an incredible feeling. So yeah, I've competed twice. Um, and then looking to compete again, maybe next year, 2022, probably with Kev actually, um, 2023 again, or the latest, something like that. Yeah, cool. Maybe you want to touch on uh, education and stuff as well, because obviously you're now building up a, a bit of a, a repertoire of stuff you're involved with. Yes. Yeah, so I am um, uh, pretty qualified <laughs> because that's I, I believe in being qualified. That's um, something I'm very, I guess you could say, passionate about. Uh, I just think this industry needs to be way more regulated and the standard of the industry needs to be higher. So I, I, you know, leave from the front, so to speak, and make sure that I am very qualified in myself. So uh, first I have the bog standard level two and level three PT uh, qualification. Uh, I also have a national diploma in sport, fitness and exercise. I then have a bachelor's of science in health and exercise science. And now I'm currently doing my master's in clinical exercise physiology. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. And that that's a, going pretty well I, I take it yeah it, it's going well yeah it is going well um on a good route um it i, I don't want to yeah I'll, I'll not say much more about it now because i, I don't want to jinx myself or put too much pressure on myself <laughs> but one day the goal is to do a phd so you know i i'm trying to head that route right now yeah well that, that's awesome because i mean f- physiology is a, a very complex topic and uh, even yeah. kind of from 
from the stuff that I'm kind of doing in my degree now, you know, compared to the stuff that you've told me that you're looking at in your, in your masters now, it does seem like an insane jump and that you cover some really cool stuff in there. So yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's certainly interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm, I'm Kev. I'm i I'm an aspiring natural bodybuilder. Haven't, haven't yet competed myself, but game plan is to hopefully do so uh, next year in 2022 um we'll we'll see how all that goes eventually want to want to go into into classic physique but uh for the time being aspiring natural bodybuilder and we'll probably take to some natural stage in 2022 uh, alongside that i'm also currently studying my bachelor's of science in exercise and nutrition uh would like to potentially take that further down the line depending on on kind of how how life plays out over the next few years i'm, I'm only in my first year um, so I haven't really given as much thought to doing stuff like masters or a, or a PhD, um, but I guess we'll, we'll just kind of see how, how that develops. Um, I don't have <laughs> any sort of qualification in, in PTing or, or anything. Uh, it's just knowledge that I feel unless one wants, like, wants to be qualified to be able to train someone like one-to-one is probably not something you need because I mean you'll probably agree with me Ben but it's pretty basic stuff especially especially like uh, uh, considering that the first year of your degree is like level four technically it's stuff you yeah. will pretty much cover anyway so I, I've I've always been very very open and said like a, a level two and level three PT is just not enough it's shouldn't be enough to make you qualified at all it's very basic information uh especially when you think you, you are dealing with someone's you know a human you are dealing with a human's body you are dealing with human's health it's a complicated thing and level two and level three just it realistically just isn't enough um and i've been very open about that and i've said that many times so realistically the only reason you need it is from an insurance point of view that's probably it i mean you could argue it's a place to start which is fair but after that you know th- th- that's there, what there it needs is, to be more to there needs to be more yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but with that being said i think that brings us to stuff that we do like and kind of how i do most of my learning or at least how I kind of set out the guidelines for my learning and that is things like scientific literature and actually kind of reading studies and reading books and stuff like that and stuff that yeah. kind of will usually go much further than the, the stuff that's included on these qualifications so I guess that's probably actually a, a good way to kind of uh, bring us to where we want to kind of take this podcast and what we want to, to bring to you the, the listeners or viewers depending on kind of which medium you're, you're you're viewing or, or listening to this on. Uh, so obviously Ben and I, you know, real, uh, as we mentioned, kind of one thing that we're really passionate about is kind of education and learning. Uh, and especially, especially in uh, an industry where the standard, as previously mentioned, is kind of qualifications, which may or may not be sufficient. Uh, <laughs> we'd like to kind of use, use this to bring you kind of our views on various topics and try and educate when, there are some very cloudy waters to, to try and navigate, mm-hmm. particularly if you're if you're a little newer to this stuff. So we want to try and cater towards a, a decently a decently broad audience. So we will start out with kind of some more basic stuff regarding training, programming, and stuff. And that's what next episode's actually going to be. So if you don't want to listen to Ben and I answering random questions and an introduction to the podcast, then feel free to sign out now and just join us next time for training programming. <laughs> um, but we'll kind of go through you know things r- relating to training, nutrition lifestyle and habits, which is something that Ben and I are are really kind of invested in and and really passionate about. Um, As as kind of mentioned, we we kind of derive a a lot of our kind of views and stuff from the the body of scientific literature. And obviously 
kind of combine that with anecdotal experience and stuff that we've kind of put into practice with our clients over time. Uh, and mm-hmm. we, we feel that kind of combined with, you know, the, the, the science and then application is probably uh, an equally good way to, to go about learning and getting a, a pretty solid and well-founded kind of view, view on things as opposed to just what you may mm-hmm. pick up from, from a, a qualification. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I think that, that pr- pretty much sums up where we kind of want to take this. So if you're interested in anything kind of bodybuilding and fitness related, whether that's building muscle, losing fat, training, nutrition, lifestyle and habits. And then obviously we'll be breaking this up with kind of some guest Q&As. We've already got a few good ideas of, of who we want to get on here and some mm-hmm. pretty awesome things that they'd be able to, to bring to you. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're interested in any of that stuff, uh, you know, no matter what your level, if you're just getting into this or if you're just kind of wanting to, to listen to a bit of a different viewpoint on things from a, a bit more of an intermediate level, uh, then, you know, feel free to, to stick around and we'll do our best to, you know, try and give you something that you can take away from this, whether that is something new that you learn or whether it is just kind of, I don't know, maybe a, a more kind of critical approach to to analyzing and, and thinking about things and, and your methodologies because uh, I think I think particularly particularly in the in the current climate there's a lot of emotional attachment to ideas out there so hopefully yeah kind absolutely. of a, yeah hopefully we can we can at least give give things to to think about so that's the way that we kind of want to want to take this uh, but yeah this yeah. first episode just wanted to kind of go through an introduction and Q&A so yeah yeah absolutely yeah uh, should we just crack on the questions then yeah, I think uh, I think that pretty much gets uh, all the all the basics out the way. So, yeah, let's go yeah, for it. Cool. Uh, do you wanna go first uh, on? Yeah, you know, uh, I know exactly where to start because you've already brought it up. Uh, just get the questions up here. So it makes sense because again, you've kind of brought it up. Was one of my first questions is uh, where to find reliable information and studies. So, um, uh, uh, we're going to do this this in a way where like. I'll, I'll give my viewpoint and then Kev will give his viewpoint and sort of vice versa. So, you know, you get something from both of us. So my first take on that is that, to be fair, before any of this, you have to actually know how to uh, understand and see what an actual good study is, which, again, I actually feel does require a certain level of education. Again, I, you know, I'm doing my master's level now, so I'm being taught this stuff to a master's, you know, to a master's level. And yet, I still think it, it just, it's not something that's easy. So, you know, even the basics of, you know, how a study is powered, what a confidence interval is, um, if that study is actually relevant to what you're looking for, if it's relevant to the population you're trying to apply it to, uh, that sort of thing is really important to understand the basics of how a study actually works. You know, things, even things like analysis techniques as well. It might sound like right now I'm overcomplicating it, but actually, because there's so many studies out there, you you have to actually know what's a good study and what's not. Um, and again, you might say, well, why would anyone create a bad study? Well, truth be told, you know, time and money are two big, big limiting factors when it comes to research. Um, so because of that, I, I actually wouldn't say just anyone should be looking at a study and trying to... Um, trying to read it and then trying to apply it because again you you might get it wrong so i would say learn those skills learn those skills of being able to 
you know, actually understand and read a study. But in the meantime, you know, go through uh, sources such as like, say, there's, there's the mass which produce articles on, you know, the study, the current studies of the world. So go to, um, you know, uh, I think it's a website, go to websites such as mass and, you know, reading what they have to say from really, really smart people such as like Eric Helms, um, who uh, has a PhD and break, they break down the studies in really easy, easily digestible ways so that you can, you're not going to misinterpret anything uh, and then you'll have a better understanding of what that study actually says and you actually get to see, you know, the good studies and, you know, not the bad ones, so to speak. Um, so I know, I know that's not maybe what someone wants to hear because someone would rather just be able to read from themselves, but like I say, truth be told, understanding and reading a good study or differentiating in between a good and a bad study is kind of a skill, uh, a skill that you need to develop. So that's, that's my viewpoint. Well, for, for starters, I totally, I totally agree with kind of the whole skill element of kind of differentiating between good, good and bad studies. Uh, I, I think that uh, we, we can even take it just even more basic than that. I, I completely agree with like everything that, that you said kind of about kind of the statistics side of things. Uh, but I think even just for kind of the people listening, I think we can even take that to an even more basic level and just even things like, well, for, for starters, read the whole study, you know, as, as, as mm. Ben was saying, <laughs> as ben was saying you know, when we get to kind of the idea of kind of, you know, the statistics and, and stuff and significance intervals and, and all that good jazz, for starters, these will only really be elaborated on when we kind of look at kind of the discussions and results and, and stuff of a study. These aren't necessarily things which will be looked at, you know, too in-depth in an abstract, which I think is a trap that some people fall into, like, just to begin with, just reading the abstract of the study and coming up with mm -hmm. a conclusion based off that. But that kind of leads into my other kind of more basic point of just the method of the study and how applicable that study is to you. Because uh, for, for example, you gave, you gave the, the idea of uh, Eric Helms there. Now, I'm not going to deny that Eric is a, a very smart person and great at what he does, uh, but is all of his literature very applicable to perhaps the people who are trying to interpret from it? Because I think, I, I could be wrong on this, but I think Eric Helms is the one who kind of developed the, the five-day full-body routine thing, trying to kind of optimize uh, the ideas of volume and frequency. Uh, I knew he had definitely had some involvement and role in that. Um, yeah, uh, I think that kind of stemmed what, what, from his research on volume and frequency. Yeah, what, what I will say is what I referred to there, the mass, which uh, again, I'm pretty sure is a website, um, which again, the whole point of that mass, I think it's mass review or something like that, is to break down research studies and mm -hmm. basically into, into easily digestible information that anyone can understand. And like I say, you know, that they know what's a good study, they know what's a bad study, so they're, they're going to feed you these applicable good studies which again it's then from there it's up to you to understand and decide which study actually does apply to what you're trying to use the information for because that again that's critical um and again understanding does it apply to the population you want to apply it to yeah. uh, again no, that's, that's critical yeah. uh because actually if i make a really really quick point here so this is something a good example would be um you know anti antioxidants uh, around a training window in young people, it has been very clear, very clearly shown in research that, you know, you don't want to take anti antioxidants around the training window because it blunts the um, signaling effect to build muscle. But 
in a different population, in older populations, it's actually been shown to have the reverse effect. It's been shown taking those antioxidants can actually help with building muscle. So again, that's a really, really uh, simple and uh, obvious way in which how, how research can differ depending on who you apply it to. So that's, yeah. again, just really critical to understand. Yeah, this is why this is why I was also mentioning earlier about why I feel like it's important for the science to perhaps build guidelines for your understanding and viewpoints, yeah. why it doesn't need to necessarily dictate them. Because as you mentioned there, you know, things like the participants involved in these studies matter a lot. So you do have a lot of people who, who like to like completely base their training all around, you know, what's perhaps shown to be optimal in the scientific literature. But if you're already a, a decently muscled bodybuilder, for example, and you're reading studies, which if you read the abstract may kind of present you with some sort of conclusion that you want to take away. But if you go and read the method and you find out there was carried out on like untrained individuals or, you know, people, or, or they don't really give like a clear breakdown of how they actually monitored certain variables in training in the training program. Because yeah. Even if we look at things like training to failure versus how we actually train to failure, you know, the, the, these, sometimes the design of these studies really does kind of dictate how reliable the conclusion that they draw is. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it, when I talk about kind of more basic ideas of, of what to kind of look for and getting good information from studies, something as simple as just the participants. <laughs> yeah. So, so obviously that side of things, we've just basically covered, you know, uh, how important it is to understand an actual study and be able to actually read a study and draw the right conclusion from it. But let's assume you do have those skills um, and then let's answer the question. So after that, let's assume you've got those skills. You don't need to hear someone else to bring it down for you. Uh, good places, obviously, uh, to find studies are, you know, PubMed, uh, Cochrane <laughs> Review, um, even Google Scholar. They're, they're all places which will bring up good articles and good uh, research that you can, as long as you know what you're doing, take good conclusions from. So they're easy places to get the research you're after. For sure, for sure. Cool. Um, I think that I think that covers the that pretty nicely. Yeah. Nice. All right. Okay. Um, I'll let yeah. Uh, you do a question now. Uh, alrighty. I think as we're kind of still closer to the start of this, uh, I, I'm assuming you probably got asked quite a few different ones because uh, people want to kind yeah. of know the, the backgrounds a little more. But what started your fitness journey? Um, I guess I guess I'll kind of style that and then kind of let you uh, say uh, add your kind yeah, of thing. Cool. So, so for those those who don't know my background, because uh, I'm aware not many people from from high school will actually be listening to this. <laughs> uh, but I was I, I was always uh, very out of shape growing up, um, especially for kind of the first you know large portion of my life. I was very involved in kind of academic subjects in school, but. I didn't really do kind of much extracurricular at all. So I didn't really play any sports and stuff, but I always kind of looked up to, you know, guys like, like Ronaldo and movie stars. And I always kind of wanted to look good, but my lifestyle really didn't facilitate that at the time. And I, because I, I did see, you know, like these sports stars and stuff looking really good. I always thought that the conclusion was, you know, you need to play sports. And I mean, uh, technically strength training is a sport, but what I didn't realize until further down the line when I started then getting into these like aesthetics guys like Jeff Side and Ziz is that, oh, oh actually I don't, I don't have to like play with a team and get involved in something else. I can actually just do this kind of thing for myself and reap rewards mm -hmm. from it. 
So that's kind of how we got started in, in the very in the very beginnings. Um, as embarrassing as that sounds, you know, to to be taught to to one minute be talking about scientific literature and then the next minute to be talking about <laughs> being influenced by Jeff's side. <laughs> sounds, I, sounds by the way, I I am cringing on the inside right now. <laughs> <laughs> but we all we all start somewhere, you know. Um, it yeah, was, yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was yeah. what I needed. It was what I Absolutely, needed to want but... to, to enter the gym for the first time. And obviously yeah. then through, through kind of people I met through the gym and, you know, just spending more time exposed to, to the industry as a whole, that's when I then kind of got more and more involved in kind of the, the actual more hardcore bodybuilding uh, side of things. Mm. And it kind of just developed and snowballed until uh, here I am now. And I, I think yeah. that'll be another question in a bit. that will kind of develop a little more on, on that. So I'll leave it at that for now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I was very, very sporty growing up. I, I played football, uh, which I absolutely loved and I still do love. Um, honestly, sometimes I think right now I would still be able to love to play for a team because, again, I just I, I loved playing football growing up. Um, so it was very, very sporty. Um, you know, won a lot of awards playing football. Um, so I was, I was pretty good at it, to be fair. Um, but I did stop playing football eventually. Um it was it was around I think it was around the time I midway through high school or something like that I stopped playing football um because I, I stopped enjoying it I started to find it it was actually a bit too much pressure at the level I was at um so I just stopped playing um so then you know I I had a gym membership but I hadn't used it for a long long time um but then again in high school when you're a teenage boy uh it just started to become this social thing to do so a lot of a lot of people from school went to the gym uh, me included um, was it to impress women? I don't know, maybe. Uh, but the thing is, is that I noticed I was just better at it than everyone else. Like I, I got stronger faster. I got bigger faster. I just, you know, I, I noticed I had the genetics to do this. Um, and I was just good at it. And because I was good at it, obviously it was, I was re- reaping those rewards. It made me feel good. Um, and so it made me enjoy it. And I realized it's something I wanted to do. I wouldn't say I was into necessary bodybuilding back then, um, but I, I just liked lifting weights and that's still how it is now. I just like to lift weights. I like to lift heavy. I like to, you know, really get strong. That's what I enjoy. Um, and that will never change. But in terms of the bodybuilding side of things, I remember I did have a first training partner, um, someone who was actually from Germany, uh, who came across here temporarily and we start training together. And uh, we, we were both pretty strong. We both pushed each other and we started, you know, he was, he liked the bodybuilding side of things. He was asking me things about that. And then I started to look into it a bit more and start to just see what it was and start to, I still didn't plan on like competing or really getting a bodybuilding back then, but I just got introduced to it as the main thing. Um, so obviously, you know, lifting for a few years and then eventually um, just decided, you know, I'm, I'm really into this. I'm pretty serious about it. Let's compete. Let's see how I do. Let's compete. Um, uh, and then obviously, like I say, in 2017, I competed for the first time, um, but it, again, it was never, I never got into all of this out of not feeling good about myself or feeling insecure or anything. I just got into it because I am sporty and I just genuinely enjoy it. And that, that, that that's enough for me. Like, I don't need anything more from it. That's why, you know, I like to bodybuild, but I don't see myself necessarily as a bodybuilder. I just see myself as someone who likes to lift weights. And then from time to time, I will compete as well because I, I enjoy the competing side as well. Like I said before, it's, it's a very rewarding thing to do. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much how I got into it. 
it is it is very interesting that it was almost kind of your ability to excel at that which kind of pushed you further and further where it was arguably more so my inability to excel at it which kind of pushed me further and further because yeah and I, it's funny that you say that you, you know you seem to kind of progress very very quickly and that kind of drove you on and on and on whereas for me it was kind of trying to then learn as much as I could so I could progress because mm. it wasn't maybe as fast as I would have liked well, that, that that's the interesting thing is like obviously you you got into the learning side just to be able to you know better your journey better yourself I got into the learning side because again just like I did with lifting the weights I, I started to learn more I just found it fascinating like I still yeah. do I still find it truly fascinating just there's so much I want to know and so much, I just I actually get excited about learning um, because mm-hmm. it's just so interesting to me and that's how I got into the education side of things is just I remember in school uh, at like say A-level I chose not to do A-level um, PE because I thought well I, I don't care about that side of things but then after when I actually started to get into the education I think I just realized again how quickly I was starting to take in information and understand it and just how much I enjoyed it and the more I found out the more I started to want to know more and it just it just spiraled from there again I, I love I love the education side of things just as much as I love lifting the weights. Um, I actually really like to teach people as well. Um, that That's another side of things I really, really enjoy. And to be fair, that really helps because one of the best ways you can learn is to teach it to someone else. Um, so, For sure, yeah. Yeah, so again, it's just it's just that whole, most of, pretty much all of what I do is because it really is a passion. It's something I just love to do and something I really, really do enjoy more than anything. Yeah. Well, well, you know, it's, it's as you said, it kind of, you know, things, things start developing really. So, so, you know, for, for yourself, you know, as you said, it just got more and more and you just became so passionate about it. It was just more and more and more and more. And obviously yeah. for me, even though perhaps that kind of initial kind of, you know, push to get into the gym and, and start lifting weights was maybe a little more kind of self-centered, you know, just over time and exposure to the industry kind of led me to, you know, eventually start to be very much the same as you and really start enjoying learning things. And, you know, after a while, especially when you you do have a little more information on the belt, then it becomes not so much what, but then more so asking how and why. And that's when you really kind of start mm-hmm. digging into the holes to, to really just try and find out as, as much as we can. And I guess that kind yeah. of, you know, why, why, why we're here now, really. Uh, but Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Um, that answer that question pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, you you yeah, got awesome. another? I have another. Let's find a good one. Okay. Let's see. Okay, let's take a, a slightly different route, I guess. Um, post-lockdown plans in relation to health, fitness, and bodybuilding. Okay. All right. So... To start, you know, post lockdown, it doesn't really change that much for me. Uh, you know, right now I'm still just trying to push, I'm trying to grow, trying to put on some size. Uh, the only thing is I just don't have a full gym or don't have access to a full gym. But, you know, once we're back in the gym, once we're after lockdown, it's the same thing. It's just I'm going to keep pushing um, and get myself ready to be able to compete next year. That's doesn't really, that's still the goal. You know, uh, it, again, it doesn't sound it's not original to say anymore. Uh, maybe it's even a little bit cheesy, but lockdown, I know lockdown, we're still getting after it. We're still doing what we need to do to head towards our goals. So it's realistically, nothing really changes. It is still the same as just let's progress and let's you know, move forward in the right direction. Simple as that, really. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I- I'm surprised you didn't touch on this more so, but 
my plans after lockdown is to enjoy life a little more, <laughs> just, to, just just get back to to a, a better sentimentality, uh, which is which is something yeah, hilarious for you, me to say because obviously I'm the one who's known for if you know. the, 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 <laughs> yeah. the proper strict one. <laughs> yeah, uh, but now I, I can't fair, wait to. Yeah. To be fair, yes, yes. Uh, obviously, because that's in, re- in relation to health, fitness, and bodybuilding, didn't necessarily in relation to life. In relation to life, yes, I cannot wait to get back to normality and just. Uh, I will be obviously again. I'm not. My my aspiration isn't to be the best bodybuilder in the world. It isn't to be even be a pro. I just do it because I love it. Yeah. But it's not my whole life. So yes, I, I will be going. You know, I will be going out when we when we can for sure. Um, oh, but I'd, again, I'd go as far as to say that I'd go as far as to say that it, it kind of impacts all of it to a degree because I think you know obviously just the mental health side of things and lockdown and getting kind of life back to normal. And just being able to kind of enjoy those the, those kind of liberties that we had, I'd say actually, you know, unless unless abused, of course, probably just puts you in a better kind of state all around to actually facilitate bodybuilding to an even better standard. So, because um, you know, yeah. very much very much the same for me. Not, not not much has changed for me during lockdown, even even with limited kit. Just you know, playing playing around with kind of how to actually best keep pushing forward through through this time. Uh, but you know, when when because we have kind of taken that approach of not really taking our feet off off the accelerate then when when it's over it's just kind of back to doing the do just back to yeah, learning just le- learning even more training even harder do, do, and just getting strong again getting, yeah, yeah the, the 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 main difference will be i'll have some you know a, a decent way to actually be able to lift again which uh, that i'm so excited for i can't not yeah. wait to be under that hat squat getting crushed again <laughs> just absolutely destroyed yeah that, that's what i'm most excited for no doubt is just well, lifting think, some seriously heavy weight i think i think that's one one thing that actually probably should be kind of brought to people's attention obviously you know you you just have like the the cable stack and, and some bands and, and a couple of like dumbbells um you're probably in an even worse position than me because you're obviously you know stupidly strong ben ben like cybex yeah. hacks like five plates and can pull like stupid amounts and yeah in prep, so it's probably, i it, can do more it, now true true very true actually yeah good good point to, to bring up um obviously i'm not being anywhere near as strong as ben i mean i probably can make a little better do with with what i've got so that's that's worth bearing in mind but yeah no it's it'll, it'll just be nice to kind of have you know be able to have a greater exercise selection based on kind of our, our, our mechanics and have different machines to, to play with and stuff and just have everything back and just make things more optimal. Not, not that anything has been bad now by any means, but just that ability to, you know, a different level when, when things are It's still, it's still limited to. right now, you know, yeah, it's still, it's still, no matter how creative you get, no matter how much you just apply your knowledge of exercise mechanics, it's still limited no matter what. So uh, it, it it does make a difference between the two I, and like i say the root of all of this is just a love for lifting heavy so it, you know it doesn't matter necessarily what i'm doing right now because it's not directly what i truly love to do which it like i say is lift heavy so and just move some weight um so you know i am just super excited to get back in the gym for that reason it's just i'm gonna be interested to see where strength at when i get back in the gym i don't think i would have lost that much because I, I just don't and also like i said i've been pushing body weight up anyway so i should be fairly strong when i get back and do but yeah i just that's what i can't wait for no doubt no doubt 
Well, I've got, got a I've got a very good question to lead off of that one, actually. Um, uh, actually, this is actually perfect. Um, so you're allowed five bits of kit for a garage gym, excluding plates and accessories. What are we, what are we going? So I think excluding plates and accessories, I assume that also means like we. So we've got like a bar and plates. I'm assuming that means. So what what are we getting for for a garage gym? Uh, I, I, already, um, I already know I'm going to say this. <laughs> so on, I don't know how I don't know Tell me. how how badly are we allowed to like abuse the pieces of kit that we get because theoretically you can get some like really nice pieces of kit that can like tick off a few boxes in one because I don't know if you watch Chris Bumstead's YouTube videos but he and Ian Vier's, uh garage gym they've got this squat rack which has like a, a Smith machine attached to it. So am I allowed to say oh. one of those squat racks, <laughs> TikTok squat rack and Smith machine? Well, <laughs> it's a machine, so technically, yes. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to roll with that. So we've got a squat rack and a Smith machine all in the space of one. Uh, obviously, the, the bar and plates for the use of the squat rack and stuff. Um, then I'm going to roll with... Uh, oh, okay. No, this is, more, this is more tricky than I thought. Uh, I'm going to go with... Oh, no, no, no. Oh, Okay, I'm gonna abuse this even further now. At MJ's gym, <laughs> at MJ's gym, yeah. they've got that hammer strength where one side it's an incline chest press and one side it's a pull down. The one that oh, Jordan yes, uses. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go yeah. ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and abuse the situation further and say one of them. So we've now got uh, we've now used two pieces of equipment and we've got a squat rack, a Smith machine, a plate loaded pull down, and a plate loaded chest press. Uh, so lovely. Mm -hmm. Uh, for number three, I'm going to go with a prime hamstring curl. Um, oh. Yeah, I think I think that's got to be done. That, if you if you've got your choice of ham curl, you're going to go prime, aren't you? Because then you've just got whatever uh, you want. But key question: lying or seated? Oh, seated, seated. Hmm. Yeah, sure. sure I was I was thinking if I, I was going to say if you didn't say seated there, I was like, I'm leaving this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, lying lying has its place, but if I had to choose one, and you know, obviously with see, it is of, superior. Yeah, it yeah, is it's sure. definitely superior. No, no two ways about that. Okay, yeah. So should have specified prime seated leg curl. So three pieces of kit down. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and be cheeky and say Cybex hack. <laughs> of course. Actually, you know what? Maybe maybe I won't. I I'm tempted to say the Panata hack simply because it's got longer uh, like plate thingy so you can fit more plates on there it's, it's pretty much probably just as heavy slightly as better mm. yeah although i think, it, I think it you did get say a little accessories it did say excluding accessories so you could just you know have gym the gym, gym pins pin. already ah, yeah yeah okay yeah. good good shout yeah either either a panata or a cybex hack squat mm. um mm -hmm. the cybex is a little smoother feeling uh the panata i think you can get a little deeper and uh, as mentioned you can also get more plates on there uh, the, the other advantage to the Cybex is the back support comes down a little further, so you don't have to worry about letting mm -hmm. your hips shift back at the bottom. You don't have to worry about that. Um, yeah, one, one of those, I can't make up my mind. Uh, I think that's four. <laughs> so mm -hmm. now for my, my last piece of kit. Um, probably, probably a donkey calf raise, because I really need a calf-focused meso. My calves are just appalling. So <laughs> pro I pro I pro I'm going to be sensible and say a calf raise. <laughs> Actually, no, what am I saying? No, yeah, a cable station, a cable station. That's a, that's a, a, a must. Yeah, a cable station. Yeah, because my calves are never going to grow are? anyway. Who, who needs calves? Who needs <laughs> they're, they're calves? They're never going to grow. <laughs> right, what, what are yeah, you saying? They're for, pretty sound. Five... 
Well, obviously, the very first thing I'm getting is a hack spot. Um, the first thing I'm getting is that if, no, if people don't know, a hack spot is absolutely my favorite machine or just exercise in the gym. I'm with you. Period. Period. I absolutely love getting on hack squat, getting under some serious heavy weight and shifting it. That's, that's my favorite thing to do. So, first thing is obviously, like you say, is a Cybrex or Panada hack squat. Mm. Cybrex is more infamous, but yeah. I'm used to a Panada. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, one of the two. Maybe I'll just get both and just use two hack squats. Um, so, definitely hack squat. Uh, definitely a cable machine because if, as People who, if anyone on Instagram who uh, follows me is watching this, you might have seen, I haven't shared that much, but I, I've got pretty creative and shown a lot of things you can do with a cable uh, with a cable machine. Um, so you can get a lot of um, different exercises out of that. But to be, to be a bit cheeky and uh, kind of do what you've done, it's got to be one that has a pull-up bar on it. So that's an option. Well, I was, um, was going to say that that would be on the squat rack anyway. Most most squat racks have a pull up bar anyway. So, um, so that's two. Uh, another one would be it probably would just actually be a, just a Smith machine. Um, I'm not that bothered about having the squat rack as well. Um, really, fair play. Not that bothered. Uh, I guess if it's an option, I might as well take it because. At least it's you know it's an option then I have it available to me, but not that bothered about having it. Um, another would be hmm, I'm kind of tempted to waste some waste one and say like a dip machine because I just I like to dip as well, but yeah, it's a bit of a waste because you're limited on how much you can really do with that. Um, and then. Ooh, lastly, probably this is hard on me to think. This really is hard on yeah. me to think. Um, hmm. I'm actually I'm going to the gym right now and just trying to think of different machines that you know it's possible. Uh, lastly, probably have to take. You're just gonna you're just gonna be cheeky and say something like a pendulum squat or something. <laughs> nah. It's gonna to have to be a prime equipment because again, prime equipment is just uh, okay. yeah, equipment. Yeah. Um, it it'd probably have to be probably in a, a prime incline uh, chest press, something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, something Good like stuff. Or or I would switch it and go for the um, what's the pull down? Not it's not prime. The really good pull down. It's uh, Nautilus. Is it? Nautilus pull down, yeah, yeah. or maybe the Nautilus pull down instead, because that's just uh, assault. And plus, you know, my really lats, nice. yeah, my lats need to be wider, so maybe that's a better option. And I can still get an incline on the chest on the Smith machine anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, we'll go with the Nautilus pull down. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my five. That's my five. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, I okay, think yeah, I think that's uh, a, that's pretty solid. Nice one. Um, right, so we're going to be really cheeky. We're going to be really cheeky here and uh, Kev's going to join my social bubble and we're going to put our gyms together, so it doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> okay, next question. <laughs> okay, let's go with the bog standard. Very generic question here. I'm sure you've heard this a million times before, uh, but who in the fitness industry would you aspire to be like slash inspires you and why? Okay. okay, I've got I got a very similar question, which I was going to spin it off. So I'm just going to quickly kind of chuck that out there, like now. Yeah, anyway. chuck it out there. Go for it. Um, Go for it. 
yeah, I, I got asked, um, oops, uh, how big of an influence is this in your life? Obviously you mentioned that earlier, but yeah, I'll get, I'll get to that in a bit. I'll let you go first because it's your question. So okay. who are your influences? Who do you aspire well, to be like and why? First of all, not Sis. <laughs> <That's... laughs> I, I was never one of them. I, I, it's too cringy for I couldn't stand the cringe. It wasn't anything that represents what I want to be about at all. Um, I'm going to change your mind in a minute, but fair. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hopefully it's come across uh, already that, you know, I, I love the educational side of things and I love to lift brutally heavy and just, you know, push the weight and just, just lift, lift hard in a hardcore way, so to speak. So first person definitely is, is Callum Raystrick, which is Callum of the Muscle Mentors is definitely a big uh, influence or I aspire to be like, because just, again, it's not like, uh, as you said earlier, it's, he's someone that just uses all the scientific literature and just only sticks to that. And that's, that's the rule. Whatever that says is must be sort of thing is that mix of, you know, enough education and application of that education, which is key with mixing it with just training brutally hard, doing the do, working hard, effort, that sort of thing, you know, he has that that nice balance and mixture of the two aspects and just comes together and that that's I love that I really do love to see that. Um, someone else would be someone like Kasim Hansen who's just really really clued up on biomechanics. I knew um, these two were coming just, right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> too predictable, eh? yeah. Um, again, Cass just just so creative, so brilliant with biomechanics. And again, just the educational side of things, he's just so so good. Um, and then again, someone else who's just so, so smart is someone like Luke Lehman of uh, Muscle uh, Muscle Nerds. Again, just especially on like the physiology side of things, just so, so smart. And again, obviously I'm doing my master's in physiology, so I, I really like that side of things. Um, so again, he's, he's just brilliant. Um, those three, uh, maybe, mm, I think that might be actually in terms of aspirations and who I look up to and just things brilliant. Um, no, I think that, I think that's I think right now that's who I can think of. That I mean, those are three I knew straight away coming to this that they I would say so they are definitely one hundred percent people I look up to and people I want to aspire to be like for sure. Again, someone like Luke, I know he, he gets to not right now with the pandemic, but he gets to travel around the world and teaching people, which is something I really really want to do. Um, so again, that's another reason why I really look up to him. Uh, but yeah, it's just the, those 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 three are definitely definitely take the uh, take the box on that front for me for sure for sure yeah nice nice um I, I i've got like a real mixture i think uh in in the time that i've been involved in this i've evolved so much uh, as as a person that a lot of people have kind of had a, a big influence on me uh, i think the one that needs probably to be given the most credit uh, all around is probably Jordan Peters. Uh, I think a lot of people probably saw that one coming. And even though I probably stand a lot of other people kind of just as highly as, as JP, uh, I think kind of where, where I was at the, the place in my life at the time, combined with kind of my history, uh, he, he was really a, a huge influence on a lot of areas of my life, obviously, especially bodybuilding. Uh, I think he was the, the first person who really turned me on to bodybuilding as opposed to kind of like the aesthetics guys like Ziz and, and Jeff side yeah. and stuff because um yeah fun 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 little story I started training at Area 51 when I was 
just about to turn 17, I was 16 going on 17. Um, so this was back in mid 2017. This was when Jordan was living in crew, I believe. So I was in area 51 one day and, uh, I saw this absolutely enormous man thing monster <laughs> with just ridiculous slabs of muscle on him. And I was genuinely frightened. I thought, Hey, this guy could be a Mr. Olympia. This is what, this is what the Mr. Olympia must look like. I've never seen anything this big. This must be what like. Phil Heath and all those guys look like in person. I just couldn't comprehend how big this thing was. And I went home and I, and I said to my mum, I was like, I saw, I saw this guy in the gym today. You would not believe how monstrous, monstrously big this guy was. And it was only, it was only later that day when I was like searching through uh, the Area 51 location on Instagram that I, I found out who, who JP was and, and the rest is history. I think, I think he only had maybe like around like 50K followers at the time. So he's like grown a lot since. Um, but that, that's kind of how I got turned on a bit more to like the bodybuilding side of things. And then when I started to really kind of take this stuff more seriously, which is a question that I got, which I'll elaborate on, elaborate on later. Uh, he, I, he really forged my, my passion for much more hardcore training, fueled my passion for progression and relentlessness, uh, which, which is something which really has kind of carried forward with, with, with me to this day, especially being someone who who isn't the most genetically blessed by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Jordan is someone who's really instilled that idea of relentless, relentless, relentless progression mm -hmm. and acting, yeah. acting uh, you know, your, your, your actions reflecting your wants and kind of all his mm -hmm. teaching. So Jordan's a huge, huge influence on me. Um, but obviously then kind of going more into the educational side of things, which is obviously something I learned to, to love much more um, than yet people people like uh, it, it, you know we, we share a lot of the same influences obviously but Cassim uh, yeah, and, and yeah coach Cassim obviously again for the same reason is impeccable knowledge of biomechanics and stuff uh, you, people can learn from him is just great um Callum Raystrick obviously again just as just as you mentioned you know for that kind of balance that, that, that he has you know being very well educated still you know putting in a lot of hard work also being kind of very business savvy uh, just kind of great all round, you know, can teach you a lot about a, a, a lot of things. Uh, so he's really cool. Uh, and then kind of the last shout out is is going to be uh, kind of the aesthetics guys because they they obviously influenced me from much earlier on. And even though I don't pay attention to them at all now, <laughs> uh, I also kind of can't I also can't kind of forget where I came from and have to kind of give that credit because uh, I think that's also what kind of you know, sparked my love of, of building, you know, a good looking physique, which obviously, you know, you, you, you first see people like Ziz and Jeff side, and then you kind of start getting into kind of bigger, but still aesthetically pleasing guys like Arnold and all kind of the, the, the classic guys. So, you know, my, my beginnings obviously influence where, where I ended up. So I've got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, and they're also still my reminder to kind of try and enjoy life a little more because uh, mm. uh, again you know uh, this is why I kind of aim to change your mind about the cringiness obviously I, I think everyone knows me as the one in the group who's like arguably the the, the most kind of serious about this stuff never misses a meal blah 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 but you know sometimes I, I, I do need to kind of my, remind myself to you know just relax a little more and that that's where kind of the influence mm. of these guys sometimes just just comes in, in a little more handy so yeah. I, gotta, I gotta give credit where credit's due um yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I agree. That's probably probably good for you, actually. Um, uh, I guess it does depend 
you know, again, what your actual goals in life are. You know, if you want to be Mr. Olympia, then realistically, you, can you go out and enjoy life with your friends? Uh, like, say, go on a night out and drinking? Probably not very often at all. No. So it, it does depend what your goals are, to be fair. Um, but uh, again, yeah, for you, they're, they're, that side of things definitely is something that well, it's well, nice to have a reminder. Is, the thing is, it's as you said, if you want to be Mr. Olympia, then, you know, you can't do these things very often. And I think my problem is that in my kind of really hardcore relentless approach is I'll just never do these things full stop. So that's why I need mm. to kind of have these influences to, to remind myself that actually I can go out once in a blue moon it ain't gonna kill me <laughs> so yeah which i'm holding you to which i'm holding you to oh yeah uh, yeah. Tr trust me you never you never thought you'd hear me say this but man i could use a night out no. with the covid uh, covid uh, really <laughs> some things uh cool. yeah um okay wraps that up. do you um, want to get the next question yeah yeah um i think one kind of leading on from that pretty nicely is oh yeah i also got to ask main inspiration so i guess that kind of ticks that off mm. um one that leads on I quite nicely quite from, yeah i'm saying I'm just i'm saying that is a box that generic question isn't it like we're both gonna get that no doubt uh one that i got asked was at what point wait hang on where is it where did i put it um when did fitness and bodybuilding cease to become a side hobby and become a lifestyle? What changed? Um, so I think if I'm going to answer this like very bluntly, I'm going to go ahead and say when I quit my job and, start, and decided to start studying so I could focus on bodybuilding. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was probably definitely the kind of, yeah, yeah when I, when I, when I kind of thought, yeah, no, screw, screw working. I'm going to go focus on bodybuilding and study as a means to achieve that. Um, but more, more kind of seriously, uh, I think, it's still kind of linking back a little more to kind of the whole job and working nine to five thing. Uh, obviously in mid 2019, I started, well, at the start of 2019 academic year, September, uh, I started doing a degree apprenticeship with a big four finance firm. And I think through that lifestyle, um, I, I was already very much into training because I'd had kind of a very kind of dark episode in my life prior which was what really kind of fueled me along with those characters like JP to really kind of really, you know, have a real why in, in my bodybuilding. Um, and that's probably why I do act like a bit of a maniac in the gym sometimes. But uh, through that kind of working lifestyle is when I kind of realized that there, there must be more to life than this. <laughs> uh, I, I, I hate to, to sound like cringy, but it just wasn't for me. So I thought uh, there's, there's something else I need to do with this. And combined with kind of just through kind of my personality evolving and stuff and becoming much more serious in my approach to bodybuilding, uh, I think that's when I really started to, you know, train kind of insane, become obsessed with learning more and more and more. Uh, obviously, if just a few months down the line, I met you. So that probably kind of catalyzed the, the, the process. Um, and it just became kind of more and more serious after that. Um, I can't, I can't say that it was, it was like a side hobby at any point. Like I was always decently involved in it. Like I think, I, I, you know, I think if you're training like six times a week, it, you can probably still call it more than a, a side hobby, even if it isn't kind of your life. Um, but kind of when it, it, when it started to become like 
everything to me. And when I started to like live and breathe bodybuilding, it was probably kind of around like, yeah, late 2019 when I kind of started having enough of everything else in life. <laughs> uh, well, for me, it's a little bit different. Like, again, I, I don't actually see myself as a bodybuilder. That's, I'm just a guy who loves to lift weights, loves to lift heavy, and is pretty good at it, to be honest. Um, you know, I, it's again, it's, it, it does kind of come down to my goals and aspirations. Again, I don't want to be a pro or Mr. Olympic or anything like that. I just enjoy it. So it's not that it's a side hobby because, again, a lot of my life is dictated towards bodybuilding. You know, um, I train hard. I, you know, eat my meals, eat what I need to eat, that sort of thing. Um, but it's more so just out of enjoyment. This is a lifestyle that I like to live, but it is in my life. It is my whole life. You know, this is why I'll, I'll happily go nights out, uh, go to social events, that sort of thing, because I want to do both. Um, and again, that comes with the caveat of accepting the fact that I'll, it means I'll never be a great bodybuilder. I'll be decently good uh, because again, you know, it's 70%, 80% of the time, that is what I'm doing sort of thing, or my actions reflect that. But not 100% of the time. Um, so it's not, side hobby is the wrong word because it's not a side hobby, but it's not my whole life either. It's just something I enjoy doing. And that's just really the best way I can put it to be honest. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Fair play, fair play. Yeah. Uh, next question from, from yourself. Okay, let's have a look. Let's go to something a little bit different. Okay, GVT, which is German Volume Training versus five by five for size and strength. So not one, not the other, the size and strength. Um, okay, so GVT or German volume training, as I said, is basically a 10 by 10 versus a five by five. That's kind of the simplest way to look at it. 10 or the 10 by 10 or the five by five, meaning 10 sets by 10 reps. So for size and strength all day, I'm definitely pick the five by five, no doubt. With, without um, a doubt. Without a doubt, uh, because, you know, five by five is enough to elicit um, hypertrophy because you can achieve hypertrophy in pretty much any uh, range. Um, uh, okay, so you could maybe say it'll have not the biggest direct effect on hypertrophy, but it will certainly have an indirect effect on hypertrophy because it will get you strong and it'll get you strong yeah. fast, which is going to transfer into when you do live more in a hypertrophy style, it's very much going to transfer into that and accelerate that process for sure. You know, if you're lifting, if you're lifting more weights, you're going to get this thicker, denser look without a doubt. But at the same time, the five by five is a very good uh, way of getting strong. As I've already said, um, a very good way of getting strong. So whereas a 10 by 10, it just becomes too much volume. Um, again, movement patterns are more likely to break down when you're doing that much volume. So that's not good for strength. Um, Again, from a recovery aspect, it's not great. Like, uh, I'm not the biggest fan. I know, like, someone like Charles Polygon really popularized the GVT, but I, I'm not the biggest fan of it. And again, all day I'm picking the five by five for sure, for sure. Yeah, I'd I'd even add to that because because I actually actually did look into it once. Uh, I think there are actually studies out there which showed like a pretty significant kind of decline in in muscle mass following German volume training. Uh, I'll see if I can find the, the study and, and link it below. Yeah, I'd be interested to see that. Right off, I remember right off the bat having like negative opinions because the first thing I read about it was was this study which which showed some like negative uh, effects from it. Um, it, it. It makes plenty of sense to me because I think if you consider 
kind of how much junk volume you're going to kind of accumulate with with like 10 sets you know you're, you're either looking at those first sets being so so ineffective and just contributing to your fatigue so you can get the 10 sets of that given weight or you know potentially if you're if you're trying to kind of take your own kind of spin on it and make it a little more intense then you're looking at the later sets you know having such a such a big load drop off due to fatigue that the kind of mechanical tension is going to be minimal uh, so it just doesn't sound like a, a great recipe for, for hypertrophy in particular. So yeah, I'm definitely inclined to, to say five by five for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'd be interested to see that study because, um, I don't actually think TVT is the worst either. I, I think in the right application, it, it can be used. Um, but for the specific question, uh, definitely five by five. Um, that's yeah, yeah. no doubt in my mind, no doubt at Agreed. all. Um, if anything, actually, just as a side note, you know, if you haven't had access to very heavy weight, um, getting back in the gym, a five by five could actually be a really good solution for a lot of people. So, yeah, yeah, yeah there's, there's that as well. Um, cool. Uh, let's see. I think we'll maybe do like two more of these, maybe two, two, three more. Um, mm. I've still got actually quite a few. Um, I've got quite a few that's... left, but obviously it is taking some time. So, yeah. Uh, here's, here's, a, here's a decent one, actually. Uh, most overlooked thing in bodybuilding, in, in our opinion. I already know exactly how I'm going to answer this because obviously uh, I've already yeah, listed yeah. my influences. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say kind of shape, flow, structure. Uh, I think that's apparent across all divisions at the moment, especially if kind of people looked at kind of some of the shows that went on last year where some of the judging was a bit ropey to say the least, in my opinion. You had some question, questionable winners in some of the two bros in, in men's physique. Uh, I, I, I'm very passionate about classic physique and kind of how that's judged and kind of the look in classic particularly. Uh, I think there's more room for kind of loss of aesthetics in, in open bodybuilding, of course. Uh, but particularly in classic physique, I think there's a big kind of line to be drawn between what looks classic and what just looks like a small open bodybuilder. And I think okay. that, and I think that line is simply one's kind of flow and shape to, to their physique, which is which is why I'm a real huge fan of uh, John Lofthouse at the moment in in the in the pro league, and I think he's gonna he's gonna make some waves in in the, in, in time to come because I think he looks like he's straight out of the 70s, and his you know the the flair of his lats, the that not like overly androgenic like super roided up look. If, if that makes kind of much sense. Like, you know, when people really do have the like yeah. ridiculously yeah, yeah. cat shoulders and, you know, so much vascularity it's, that yeah. it, it's it, more like he, he still, yeah, he, he still looks like, I don't, I don't want to say this word because, because, you know, competing isn't this word, but he looks healthy compared to, compared to kind of some of the others on stage, even in classic, someone like John, I feel looks healthy and it looks much more old school. And then combined with those proportions and stuff, I think that's something that's massively overlooked in bodybuilding at the moment. When you look at people in the in more towards the golden era, like Bob Paris is one of my favorite physiques of all time. I think he was super underrated. Just these awesome proportions and lines and flow. I think that's what's most overlooked. Yeah. So yeah, I, I 100% agree. Again, assuming this question is asking about you know the actual judging and sort of you know being on stage. A great shape is massively overlooked. Um, uh, and again, from even from personal experience, I can say again when I last competed, um, again not to toot my own horn or anything, but I I have a very good classic shape, but 
they, you know, it, and I compete in class of physique, but they still went for size, uh, despite, so again, I, people are competing with wood, weren't particularly classic, they weren't particularly classic at all, they were just, obviously, again, I competed in an untested federation, so they were just bigger than me, but there, was, there was no shape, there was no flow, there was no classic lines, so to speak, I was, you know, very clearly, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm quite blessed to be in a position where I, I do have a, a physique that represents quite a classic golden era shape, um, but that got massively overlooked. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, I'm not, to be clear, I'm not bitter about that or anything. Again, I, I do it because I love it. I enjoyed that day so, so much. Uh, like, I, it was a great feeling to be back on stage. Um, so I'm not that bothered that I didn't win. Um, but just from a purely objective judging point of view, yeah, something like shape is just massively overlooked. Um, and it's unfortunate because it's like, well, what's the point of classic if you're not going to judge them on, you know, a natural class yeah. of physique? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, yeah. well, I think, I think that actually brings up a couple of points that I'd like to kind of finish off with on that one. That's, first off, I remember that day very clearly because I remember, I mean, I didn't have you winning, so this isn't even me being being biased. Like, I didn't have you winning, like, just, just you know, from a judging point of view. But I remember the guy who got third place um really did just look like a like a, a mass monster and he had like a pretty significant like thick midsection and i just remember mm. thinking like you know as you said this is classic physique this isn't just just by design and division it doesn't necessarily need to be judged exactly the same as bodybuilding you know sure uh, uh, you know structure and, and shape and everything shouldn't come at the expense of, of conditioning and mass, you know, we're, we're still, you know, bodybuilders at the end of the day, but mm -hmm. when you're, okay. the whole, the whole point of these different divisions is that, you know, classic physique is meant to look classic. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that yeah. wraps all that up pretty well. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. Next question. Let's have a look. <laughs> okay. <laughs> how do you i'll try to get through this without you know how do you keep yourself so how to keep yourself so symmetrical because your right arm does most of the work well sometimes i like to switch it up using my left you know assuming you are talking about writing with a pen right mm. <laughs> yeah that's that's yeah that's that's my best advice oh brilliant you do, you do pick up some good ones on, when, you, when you do these <laughs> on Instagram. Um, all right. Uh, I, I think I've got like one more decent one. Then we can probably call it quits. I think we're, we're going on an hour yeah, now. So that's, I've got a, that's good by me. Good I've, by I've, me. Got a, I've got a good one to finish off, actually. Um, I'm just seeing if, if there's anything else I've, I've missed out on. Well, for, for starters, okay, I'll do, I'll do two quickly because I've also got a, 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 a decent one. Let's get the good questions Can, in. Can I do the Dance of the Gods by by Ziz? Well, I don't I don't know what what, what was expected from me for, from here. I don't know if they expect me to like start muzzling on camera or something. But do it. Uh, <laughs> that, that, I'll wait for the for the festivals now that twenty uh, first of June seems to be the, the way out. So don't, um, don't worry, I'll get that recorded. I'll get that recorded for you. Um, and then the actual like decent question, which is probably a good way to kind of finish things off. Uh, biggest regret in your journey. Um, this one, this one's going to be very obvious to me. Uh, it it, it kind of encompasses a couple of things, uh, but I'd say a mixture of paralysis by analysis, and as a result of that, not training hard enough for a very long time. Uh, so to to quickly elaborate on that, 
I, I started kind of delving into kind of more kind of scientific training principles and reading literature. Uh, maybe when I was around like 17, 18, you know, this is when, when I started kind of plateauing from my newbie gains. I made really good newbie gains because I, I, I really did like try to train insane. I, I'll train like Schwarzenegger. I'll do a lot of volume, high intensity, you know, train for, for a long time. And, you know, for, for a while that worked because, you know, in your beginning stages, your trainability is super high. And especially in that time in your life, stress is a mega low. So yeah. it just increases your trainability even more. Mm -hmm. um, when I started to plateau, that's when I started getting involved in, in kind of more reading and science and, and stuff like that. Uh, and I think through that, I started taking advice from kind of the wrong people. Um, some people do, I'm not going to name any names, but some people do Science Explained series on YouTube where they discuss how to train in a more scientifically optimal manner. Uh, some people who are much smaller, and I don't know why I'll take their advice now, go down the kind of route of... Oh, you know, but those guys giving advice aren't natural. So, you know, they're, they're just big because of what they take in. Like, to a degree, that, that, that's true, fair. Some, some, you know, just massive bodybuilders and IFBB pros you probably can't learn anything from because some of them it is more so just the drugs. Uh, but, you know, depending, it's very context dependent on the source of the information. There are some, you know, like Jordan Peters, as I said, you know, people who really do apply the, the literature in a great manner. And again, don't, don't just, you know, spew science, but look more kind of the application of said science into your training. So I think paralysis by analysis and trying to be too optimal led me to kind of favor training principles which were less applicable and led to me ultimately just training like a sandwich for a, a bit of time. And that was a, a bit of a delay on progress. So I think pretty much yeah. for like late 2018 through to like mid 2019, I didn't see significant progress, particularly in that kind of time span. Yeah. So yeah. when I started training much harder, uh, that's when I kind of rectified, but that's my regret. Cause I was just a ton of wasted time. I'm, I'm not eating enough. Jesus Christ. I was so shredded in that time, but again, so little progress cause I just wasn't eating enough. So when I started being yeah. an animal and eating and training like super hard, low volume sorted, but those are my biggest regrets. And, and that kind of links back to that first question of like, uh, you know, where do I find good information? Well, again, this is why I say it's kind of a skill. You need to know and be able to diver differentiate between what's good and what's bad and what's applicable and what's not and so on and so forth. Um, because if you don't, that's when unfortunately mistakes like you made can happen because you didn't, you didn't understand what was actually, what good, what the good information was and then how to actually apply that. And if it was applicable in the first place to yourself and it resulted in wasted time and, you know, that's kind of very nicely stems to the point of why um, why I said that in the first place. And, you know, in, in a nice way, it sort of brings things full circle in terms of this Q&A. Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, but my biggest regret is nothing to do with bodybuilding. It's to do with coaching, for sure. Um, so I was saying this to you the other day, how I, I sometimes I just wish that in terms of my coaching process I have now, in terms of all my systems I have in place, I just wish I had that when I first started coaching uh, rather than you know, what, how I did actually take the coaching approach. It's not like the service was bad or anything um, because it, it wasn't, but it was just the actual, um, the way in which I coached, this, like say the systems I had in place, just they weren't, weren't up to par they weren't even close to where they are now and it didn't allow me to have an efficient process it didn't allow me to coach as well as what I could have uh, because that was the limiting factor so I just wish that I had spent some more time actually really developing the coaching system itself 
before delving into that whole side of things. I think if I had, then my, um, I guess my career would be more propelled than it is currently is. Um, but I guess you could say, you know, I, I've learned from that. I've learned massively from that. And uh, I can apply that into other areas of my life now is make sure that the product itself. So again, it wasn't the service or wasn't my education or my ability to coach anything like that. It was just the product itself wasn't up to par. And I, I know now in life before I start anything new, make sure the product is damn good. Make sure you're happy with where the product's at. Make sure you, you know, you have a product that you want to actually sell, so to speak. Um, but again, in terms of coaching, I've learned from that now. My coaching systems I'm very, very happy with now. And it's, again, it's just making a difference in terms of client results as well. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's the only regret I have. Um, but I have learned from that regret or that mistake as well. So it's not all bad, but sometimes I just think what, what would be different now if I'd started with this sort of coaching process uh, that I currently have in place. So that's it really. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a pretty decent one. Uh, but I guess, yeah, that's a, that's a good way to, it, it really did bring things full circle in, in a sense yeah. as well. Uh, yeah. That's a, that's a good kind of sign off. So uh, yeah, I guess okay. that kind of thanks. Thanks for everyone massively. You know, big thanks to everyone who contributed questions. We'll be doing more of these in the yes, future. Yes, thank so. you very much. Thank you very yeah. much. Good questions. Thank you for contributing because again, it doesn't just help you, but it helps us as well because it, it's yeah. allowed us to make this episode. So thank you very much indeed. Um, again, we'll be doing more future Q and A questions with ourselves, but also with guests as well. Um, so yeah, uh, if you've made it this far, thank you very much for listening. That is also massively appreciated. Um, I, I I will say, you know, this is only our first Q&A, so it might not be quite as smooth as what we'd like. Um, I know I'm not personally the best best speaker in the world. I, you know, I, I, I'm well aware of that, um, but hopefully it should only get better the more we do it. So um, again, thank you very much for your support. Thank you very much for listening. Um, it, it, it really does mean a lot to us, uh, more than you probably realise. So again, just thank you very much. Yeah, nice one, everyone. Uh, as, as mentioned earlier, our second episode will be diving into a bit of a, an educational kind of view on basics of training programming. So be sure to tune in for that one if you're interested. Yeah. Uh, you know, please, please do, you know, tune in and engage. As Ben said, that, you know, you probably wouldn't understand how much this actually does mean to us. Uh, yeah. But with that being said, you know, thank you and we'll see you in the next one. So thanks. Yeah. Thank you very much.